When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic night. Tonight, we are debating, as mentioned, does science lead to Krishna? And it's going to be a fun one. Want to let you know up front, though, folks, if it's your first time here, consider hitting that subscribe button as we have many more juicy, controversial debates coming up. For example... At the bottom right of your screen, folks, we have, I'm amazed, we have nine days left. I looked at the Kickstarter today. We have nine days left. Basically, the goal right now is, at the bottom right of your screen, you will see Inspiring Philosophy and Dr. Michael Shermer will be debating whether or not Christianity is dangerous on January 8th, which is the Kickstarter for this event is closing in nine days. You might be wondering, well, what's the Kickstarter? Well, for this unique debate, what we are learning is that as we grow as a channel, we want to have bigger speakers. However, oftentimes these speakers have bigger honorariums that we want to send to the speakers to have them come on the show. Now, the trick is sometimes these are a little bit bigger than we are able to risk at Modern Day Debate. And so what we have done for this is if you'd like to watch this epic debate live, all you have to do is pledge $3 at the Kickstarter, folks. So I'm showing you on the screen right now. The Kickstarter is linked in the description for this video. And as mentioned, it's only 3 bucks to watch it live, and that actually helps make sure it actually happens because we have to meet our goal for the actual debate to happen. The debate will be posted afterward for the whole world to see. However, as mentioned, if not enough people jump into the Kickstarter and joining us, the debate won't happen at all. And so it's absolutely essential. Highly encourage you folks, if you think, you know, three bucks, it's like the price of a cup of coffee. If you think that that would be worth it, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, like three bucks for two hours of entertainment, it can be worth it. I'd highly consider you to go to that link in the description for our Kickstarter. And if you don't have a Kickstarter account, you're like, I don't want to make a Kickstarter. James, for three dollars, like for three dollars is a waste of time. I don't want to make an account. Got good news. You can bypass the creating an account all together by signing into Kickstarter with your Facebook account. All right, very excited. What we're going to do for tonight, want to let you know a few things up front before the debate officially starts. First, all of our guests are linked in the description. That's at the very top of the description box. You can click on the links of all of our guests. We are thrilled to have them. And so there's plenty more where this came from tonight. Also want to let you know for the format. It's going to be flexible, so about 15 minutes for each team to make their case. How they divide up their time is up to them. And then after that, we'll have open discussion for about 60 minutes and then Q&A for about 30 minutes. So if you happen to have a question, feel free to fire it into the old live chat. If you tag me with at Modern Day Debate, it makes it easier for me to get every question in that list. 
Also, Super Chat is an option. So if you'd like, you can fire a Super Chat in. And it also basically gives you not only the ability to ask a question, but to make a comment toward one of the speakers that they, of course, would get a chance to respond to. So with that, very excited to get into this. Want to welcome our guests. So we will start going left to right. Want to say thanks so much, Siddharth and Noah, for joining us. We're thrilled to have you with us. If you can let people know what they can expect to find at the links in the description, we're very glad to have you guys here. <clears throat> the first link under my name is a link to our website, which has the book from which I will be speaking about my research and a link to a scholarly paper. And if anybody wants to hear more about our work, and the second link is to our YouTube channel, which is under Noah's name, to, which links to our videos which describe, which discuss our research. Absolutely. Thanks so much. We really are happy to have you guys here. And we're also happy to have T-Jump and Jim Majors back again. Thrilled to have you, gentlemen. Can you let people know what they can expect to find at your links in the description? Um, you can find... I don't know what link he has, but probably some videos. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Adam, that's an epic opening. And with that, yes, their links, both Tom and Jim's, are in the description as well. So with that, folks, very excited to get the ball rolling. I, I forgot to ask, forgive me, folks, if I if we already covered this in the email, I forgot. Which team would like to go first? Uh, the pros, I believe. Absolutely. That makes yep, the affirmative usually goes first. So the floor is all yours, Siddharth and Noah. Thanks so much. Thank you. So um, our claim is, as the title of the video says, science leads to Krishna. So as our premise, it's important that we establish first what exactly we're talking about with the Puranas, because the Puranas are going to be our main uh, source of knowledge that we're drawing from and the main thing we're discussing as far as, um, you know, what our, our source of knowledge. So in the, Pur the Puranas, if you know, some people might know about the Puranas, some people might not, but the Puranas are a wide body of knowledge that deal with very many different topics, um, but mainly uh, and specifically, they're specifically meant to deal with things that human beings can not perceive through their blunt senses. The purpose of the Puranas is to help us get insight into what is beyond our, you know, three-dimensional uh, sensory world. So that is, um, that is what the Puranas are. And so our claim is, as I said, science leads to Krishna. And our evidence to support that, which we'll get into in detail, um, and there's a little bit of a logical chain that we have to follow to explain things clearly, but basically, the, um, the Puranic dates have shown to, by our research, to line up profoundly with modern scientific dates um, of some very significant events and showing a, a really striking convergence between modern science, the truth of modern science, and the truth of the Puranas. So the main three uh, data points that we'd like to discuss, and we'll get more into detail Siddha will take over and he'll give more detail on these events. But the age of the universe is described by modern science, maybe some of you know, as 13.801 billion years. Now, the Puranas describe the age of the universe at 13.819 billion years. 
So that's a 0.1% difference. So that is um, a very interesting discovery there. Secondly, we have the age of the solar system or the age of the sun. At 4.567 billion years for modern science, and according to the Puranas, we have 4.563 billion years. So again, a 0.1% difference, which anybody would have to admit if they look at the numbers, it's quite astounding. And third, we have the uh, date of Earth's greatest mass extinction, which according to modern science, took place 251.9 million years ago. And the Puranas say that that event took place 251.2 million years ago. So that's a 0.3% difference. Again, insignificant and definitely something that should get catch somebody's attention who uh, is looking into these dates. So which according to modern, what we're getting at with all of this is that because of the accuracy of these dates, there should be sufficient uh, credence lended to the Puranas to reinvestigate them and to reinvestigate the standard perception of the Puranas, which came about by British, um, you know, oppressive British invasion of India, that the Puranas are all mythology, but that there should be a reconsiderance of that label, of that uh, categorization of the Puranas, and that we should reinvestigate the processes given in the Puranas, which offer solutions to things like world peace, harmony in the world, and a deeper understanding of ourselves and how to attain a higher level of happiness. And most interestingly, of course, how to realize spiritual truths, most importantly, how to realize if God actually exists and who that is and what that means. And so the, the credence should be earned by these, by these findings. So that's, that's our general case there. And Sid is gonna break it down a little bit for us here, the exact how those dates come about. Thank you, Noah. <clears throat> So before I begin, I would like to share my screen, uh, which seems to be disabled. Can you allow me to share my screen? It says it's disabled. Host disabled participant screen sharing. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Let me work on that, uh, guys. We just renewed our Zoom account, and so it'll take me one second. While okay. I look for our, sorry about that, guys. While I look for that, I want to mention, folks, that all of our guests are linked in the description. I've just got a quick remember how it is that I enable advanced sharing options, all participants. All right, should be good to go. Thanks for your patience. Okay, so before I begin, uh, one second. Let's see if I check if it works. Okay. Okay. Okay, so thank you guys. I really appreciate James for putting us here and tolerating us. And thank you, John, tolerating us one more time. So before I begin, I want to share a quick story, you know, how I got to this research. I'm particularly, you know, interested in data sciences, computer scientists by training. And I was, you know, trained in Sanskrit too, thanks to my upbringing in India. So while studying these Puranas, which I came to know after coming to US. So like, somehow in India, I never heard about them, never studied them. And that's thanks to Britishers. They came and gave us a lot of gifts. One of the gifts was that they told us these Puranas are myths. There's no need to, there's no need to spend any time on studying them. So I was studying the Puranas and I found that a number of 
dates which are given in the Puranas seem to correlate with modern science. And that was my, you know, initial, you know, hint. And then that from that point onwards, I just took all my training in data science and went straight into it. And day after day, month, month after month, I found amazing things. And that's how, you know, I wrote my book and wrote scholarly papers on this topic. So I'm going to give you a brief background so you can appreciate how this, the Puranic chronology works. So first of all, before we jump into chronology, what does Purana say? As my friend said, their intention is to give us knowledge about the world which is beyond our sensory perception. According to the Puranas, there are 14 different worlds. In these 14 different worlds, we are in the middle level. And there are seven levels above and seven levels below. And in each of these levels, time goes at different speeds, at different pace. I, I guess that's modern science makes up that, that there can be regions where time goes at different pace. So based upon how the time goes at different, different pace, the person at the top most, Brahma, for him, the time goes the slowest. And a day on his, on his planet is tremendously long compared to a day on, say, the middle level uh, uh, you know, planet or region, the Buloka or Bhumandala. So time is moving at different speeds, a different level. So these are the different units, as you can see in the table, which are accepted by all scholars uniformly across the board currently. If you look up on Wikipedia, these are the time, time units which you will find on Wikipedia or any popular article. What are the units? Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, Dwapar Yuga, Kali Yuga. These are the first, first basic units, and then they make the other units. Now, how does it work? Let me show the diagram. Not this one. Okay. So a Kali Yuga is the smallest one, then a Teta Yuga, then Dwapan and Shatu Yuga. They combine to make a Chatur Yuga. A 71 of the Chatur Yugas make a Manmantra, and 14 of the Manmantras make a Kalpa. That's it. No more very tough words. I know. Jim is already feeling tough. It's very tough stuff. I can see a cool thing on his head, but it's not that tough. Believe me, that's the, those are the only tough concepts. So Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga, Dwapar Yuga, Kali Yuga, they combine and they make a Chatur Yuga. 71 of Chatur Yugas make a Manvantra. 14 of the Manvantras make a Kalpa. And there's one final unit there called Manvantra Samdhya, which is a transition period between each of the Manvantras. So these, so these time units are known to you know, scholars. You can look up online. That's their conversion factors into million years. I personally did some research and found out that Sridhar Swami, a 13th century sage who wrote commentary on the Puranas, he talked about multiplying these numbers by a factor of two. In his commentary on Vishnu Purana, Canto 1, chapter, chapter 3, text number 7. I published a paper on this in European Journal of Science and Theology. We're going to talk about in detail how it talks about this conversion factor. Then I also found out there was another time unit, time unit which was missing, Prati Sandhi, the last one on the table. And that's a unit which comes in between consecutive kalpas. So the final table comes out to be. This, these are the solar years and the rightmost line. And then these are left one, these are the Puranic time units. So once we have these tabled down, then we can go and 
look into dates for significant events in the history of the earth solar system and universe based on the puranic accounts so the puranas explain that currently we are in the seventh manvantara known as vaipaspada manvantara and there was a pralaya or a mass extinction in the chakshusha manvantara we are currently 28th in the 28th chaturyuga that means 27 have passed and we are the 28 in the 28 chaturyuga we are in almost at the beginning of the kali yuga on the left side you see have a table so somebody who likes they can go ahead and calculate using these numbers when you add these uh, so uh, uh, stepping back the pralaya happened or the mass extinction happened in the last chaturyuga of the previous manvantara so by using this diagram you can get that it has been 241 million years since the beginning of this manvantara then there is a manvantara sandhya and then you have to add years a million years from the last chaturyuga because the pralaya started 2 million years into the first chaturyuga all again the references for all these are available in my scholarly paper which can be seen on our site when you add these up the date comes out to be 251.2 million years according to the puranas this is the biggest pralaya on bhumandala bhumandala is again the level at which our earth is situated so bhumandala is the according to the puranas is a higher dimensional realm which is around us surrounding the earth and earth is a small part of it so the biggest pralaya the biggest mass extinction on bhumandala happened 251.2 million years ago according to paleontologists the biggest mass extinction which occurred which is occurred on earth is 251.9 million years ago and of course it took scientists a lot of time to reach this value and it is not speculation is not that they have multiple radioactive techniques by which they have got this date so this is pretty strong date done by mit researchers the date the puranic date differs by 0.3% of scientific date next the beginning of the origin of the solar system so as i was saying telling you earlier that brahma he is at the topmost level and for him time goes very slowly so slowly that his day is equal to a kalpa and a kalpa is 8.64 billion years so according to the puranas and all the puranas agree on this point that at the end of the night of brahma he on he begins the creation of the solar system or the creation of the sun and if we take the previous chart as i was explaining you we have the seventh manvantara that means six manvantras have passed in the current day of brahma and there is a pratisandhi here which is another time unit i know there are many strange and new words thank you for uh, you know trying to understand this it's a tough concept so if we add these numbers the value comes out to be 4.562 billion years this is the date for origin of the sun according to the puranas now what do the scientists say the scientists state that again they are working very hard on this problem and their current opinion is that the sun was born 4.567 billion years ago this dating is based on dating of you know multiple radioactive 
techniques. So again, this is pretty strong. Astrophysicists accept this date. You know, they have a consensus amongst them. And of course, there is more dates in the Puranas too. We're here discussing three main data points because the Puranas also give an exact date for when the sun would break, when the sun would become a red giant and later when it would turn into a planetary nebulae. It discusses that too, but in this debate, I'm not giving details on that dating or the calculation of that date. Finally, we're gonna talk about date for origin of the universe. So the first one was mass extinction for which the date from the Puranas is 251.2 for the origin of the sun, the date is 250, sorry, 4.567, 4.562 billion years. And now we're gonna talk about the date for the you know, Big Bang or the origin of the universe. So as I was saying, telling you earlier, Kalpa is a day of Brahma. We're currently halfway into it. According to the Puranas, there was an elemental disintegration and reconstruction at the end of the previous day of Brahma. So currently we are here in the middle of the first day of Brahma in this second Pararda. Pararda means his second 50 years. He lived for 100 years. So this is the first day in his 50 years. And... Lives for 100 years now that he lived. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he lives for 100 years, but he has lived... Currently he is in this 51st year, first day. So it's a long birthday for him. And in this, in this day, he has already spent, or in this 50 years, he has already gone through one night and he's, we are halfway to the first day of Brahma. So six Manantras have passed. Before that, there was a Kalpa and there's also two Pratisandhis. When you add these numbers, it comes out to be 13.819 billion solar years. Again, this is, you know, cutting edge Puranic research and you won't find much material, much discussion on topic on this topic online because some this is something which people have ignored for the longest, thanks to you know British imperialism in India. However, if you look into the references which I pro provided in my paper and the book, you should be able to follow this, you know, step by step. Finally, what do the scientists say about this? So scientists have been working with this problem for the longest, and their current opinion is that the universe is 13.801 billion years old. The difference is 0.1%. So we have three different dating techniques, three very sophisticated problems. And for all these problems, Puranas have given a, a, a data much, much before scientists came. You know, We talk about novel testable predictions. Puranas have these for the longest. The Puranic sages have been claiming for the longest that Puranas are reliable source of knowledge. And they have given 30 seconds. So they have given novel testable predictions. And finally, in 2018, 2020, we are finally coming to modern science is finally coming to accept what Puranas are saying about these dates. Somebody may say, maybe they guessed it. The probability of guessing these dates is equal to somebody winning 30 lotteries in a row. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. But is, is it realistic? Is it realistic? Uh, I'm not sure. Thank you very much. We will kick it over to our atheist guests who will be giving their opening statement before we go into the open discussion portion. So Tom Jump and Jim Majors, glad to have you back. And the floor is all yours. 
Awesome. I'll jump in and start. So what he mentioned at the end there was that if someone guessed all of these was correct, that would be equivalent to uh, winning 30 lotteries in a row. Now that would be correct if these guesses were just exactly the number of guesses. I think they, they made three predictions there. So if you guessed these three things and nothing else, then that would be correct. But if you make a billion guesses and you just happen to get these three right, well, that's actually really not that improbable. That's, that's pretty probable actually. So the way to assess if the, the piranhas are actually reliable source of knowledge to, inc to indicate Krishna would be to see if it has other failures. Like how many other failures does it guess wrong? So I'm gonna be really interested to find out what exactly the piranhas say about history prior to uh, the extinctions he mentioned and after what happened at the origin of the earth. Are there, are there people in these stories, human beings that exist prior to 200,000 years ago? Because if so, then the piranhas probably got every single one of those wrong up until this point, which means it made about a billion wrong guesses and it happened to get some dates right. Well, that's nice, but that doesn't actually indicate Krishna. That indicates somebody made a bunch of guesses and got a few right and a whole bunch of them wrong. And so that would show he, he doesn't actually have evidence to indicate Krishna. Secondly, I'd like to ask him about that consensus he mentioned. He mentioned that there is this consensus of these dates that were accepted by all scholars. Uh, except his dates seem to be a little different than the ones accepted by all scholars for some reason. Like th those don't seem to be the same. It seems like his are off by a factor of two, if I remember correctly. Uh, so it'll be strange to, to see that why his numbers disagree with the consensus of scholars of every other field, as far as I can tell, and somehow they're off by a factor of two and how, why those, his numbers fit while the others don't when, when everyone else says their numbers fit and his don't, I don't, I don't get it, but we'll find that out during the question and answer. I'll go over to Jim. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything, uh, everything T-Jump said. Uh, it's uh, the only thing that I really agreed with from the, uh, the, the other side's uh, opening statement was that uh, there at the very end where you said that he uh, wasn't sure if it was realistic or not. And I, I, have to, I have to agree completely. I'm not sure that it is realistic at all. Um, this is one of many attempts to smuggle in another highly mythologized, irrationally conceived, um leap of faith uh under the skirt of a rational conclusion that our universe seems to have a beginning and in this case they believe that it is uh indeed um cyclic um they also believe that it was created um they believe that it is eternal but is it eternal or is it created can't be both um and the whether you have a 0.1% difference, a 0.2% difference, or a 0.01% difference in the estimates of what you claim to be the consensus, if that indeed was the consensus, which is, it's not, but if it, even if it was, and all scholars accepted it, it's still off. So either you're saying that science got it wrong and the uh, Vedic literature has it right, or the Puranas have it right, then uh, you know, you're saying that one must be wrong. Um, but you've told us your beliefs, explained your religion, but there was no rationalization of, uh, of the, the theistic beliefs. Um, all you did was rationalize ancient astronomical observations at best. Um, mathematics, uh, that's, that's about it. Um, but as far as the, 
the theism beside behind uh, behind Krishna, uh, the creation of the universe and its cyclic nature, or things like uh, I'm assuming you probably believe in reincarnation and karma uh, and things like that, uh, rationalizing that with the expanding population of the world. Uh, there's really not much left to say. I think we should just get to open discussion. Thank you very much. We will jump into open discussion with a couple of quick points. One, our guests are linked in the description, and right below those links is the link to our Kickstarter. want to say, Kickstarter says, I, the rules are I can't say the name of a person who pledges. So I'll just say their name starts with a J. Just saw you join the Kickstarter, so thank you so much, friend, for doing that. And with that, we will jump into open conversation for about an hour. Uh, first of all, a small primer on probability. If the probability of something is 10 raised to the power minus 170, which means winning 30 lotteries. And if you make a billion guesses, the probability gets reduced by 10 raised to the power minus nine. The probability still stays 10 raised to the power minus 160. So even if somebody were to make a billion guesses, and still and get the dates right for these three points, the claim still holds. Point number two, Jim made a point. That this is not really amazing. That this is about the billion guesses. You can keep on. Okay, that's my segment. Uh, Jim made a very interesting point. He said, you know, this is not really amazing that how come an ancient culture got this got this astrolog astrological findings right? You know. Many ancient cultures have these, you know, astronomical findings. You know, they got something right. Maybe they also got something. these people. Every culture has got something right. Maybe they, these Puranas also got something right. First of all, fossils or skeletons don't hang in the sky. Two, dating the universe is not an astrological problem. It's a cosmological problem. Completely different field. Just to uh, give the education uh, that. Just, let me finish my point, then you can counter it. Sure. Dating, astronomical, not astrological. Well, you said astronomical, yeah, sorry. Astronomical and cosmological are completely different fields. You can see a star for a million years, or observe any stars, any planets, you can never guess a date for the origin of the universe. A completely different scientific problem. How do you think we got those dates? You... Well, well, I wanna say something about the billion guesses thing too. That doesn't really stand to reason. If you look at the, well, first of all, there's only one, uh, there's only, I mean, you see copies of piranhas all over the world. They all give the same information. You look in major universities where manuscripts are given. And, you know, that was in 1880, in the 1900s. And those, those books all give the same, the same verses. Now, the idea that um, the, the, yeah, there's a, there's a missed time unit that hasn't been noticed by other scholars and that um, another, um, factor two. another factor of two, the, um, <clears throat> well, basically there's, a, there's, yeah, there's Sridhar Swami who was a, who was, who was widely accepted as an authority on the Puranas by all Hindu or Puranic scholars. And this statement that we found from him where he mentions the factor of two, it's, uh, an obscure statement that not many people have found. So we found the statement by Hindu scholars. Well, what about what about scholars of the field of of cosmology? Well, they don't study the Puranas, do they? Why not? 
Are you saying no? Well, because they got, uh, I, I would answer for it. And that's a very interesting phenomenon which happened in the 15th century. You know what I'm talking about? Renaissance. There was a about big what? Renaissance, 15th century. Renaissance. Mm -hmm. yeah. So because of that, the British, uh, there, was, there has been a divide between religion and science. And that was not there in India. But when British imperialists, when they came to India, they took their biblical training to impose on Indians that their scriptures, their textbooks, or whatever the books they're reading are trash, are myths. So they ignored it. So since 18th century, they have not been studied in a thorough manner. And we're bringing it back. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cutting edge research. It's new stuff. And I, I'm publishing papers too on the same topic, peer review papers. So yeah, why should we expect cosmologists to study the Puranas? And why should we expect religious scholars to study cosmology? Why should we expect what? that to be something that would have happened by now? Well, why scientists study whatever works. So if, if this actually worked, they'd study it. Uh, so, so we can conclude it probably doesn't work. Really? Uh, right. Well, why would you expect Hindu and Puranic scholars to study cosmology? That's Sorry? exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying, why would you expect Puranic scholars to study cosmology? And why would you expect cosmologists to study Puranas? Because cosmologists, wait, wait, to each other. One person at a time, Confusing. Yeah, let me let me go for a sec. So cosmologists would study whatever works because scientists don't care what what they're doing. It's whatever works is what they study. So if they're not studying, it means it probably doesn't work or hasn't been shown to work. Sure. You said that sure. your stats disagree with the majority of experts. So you, you say your your numbers are off by something. You found this extra variable that no one else knew about because no one was studying the the, the text and so they couldn't find it or something like that. Uh, that doesn't matter. No one else found it. So none of the other experts found this. You somehow did. Claiming that they're all just ignorant of this magical document that, that, that you found is rather strange, especially since you're saying some other well-respected uh, priest guy, I, forget, I don't want to forget the term exactly. He found it first. How, when, when, how old is he? Where does he live? When did he find this? He is a 13th century chronic scholar, Sridhar Swami. 13th century, you said? Yes. So this has been known for 700 years. Yes. And then uh, the one of the first English commentators on the Puranas, he, H.H. Uh, Wilson, he's an Oxford professor in Sanskrit. He wrote a commentary in English. He translated the first Puranas into English, Vishnu Purana. He came across Sridhar Swami's commentary and he said, this must be a mistake for him. And he ignored it. Well, I, I don't care what he said. So I like care about what the majority of scholars say. So if this has been known for 700 years and the majority of scholars haven't noticed it, I'm probably going to go with them. No, they noticed this. it. They noticed it. They noticed it. But they said, this can't be right. They rejected his opinion. It is in Sanskrit. It's available. It is his opinion. It's available. Mm -hmm. so, okay, so, so, so the majority of scholars rejected his opinion for 700 years. And you're saying yeah. it's the correct opinion. No, so. no, no, not for 700 years. For 700 years, it was known. Since last 150 years, when modern science, you know, coming from Western world, the English translations, in the English translation, it is ignored. In the Sanskrit translation, it is there for 700 years. It's available there. Okay, so so the majority of scholars reject this. You accept this. I'm going to go with the majority of scholars. Uh, but so, so the only reason that your numbers fit is because of this new thing that none of the experts accept that you found that no one else knew about. Okay, well, I'm happy to grant that. We can just grant that and say, all right, fine, I'll, I'll let you have that one. And then let's move on to, well, what happened before the, the extinction you talked about? Were there human beings in the Puranas? Did the Puranas mention human beings prior to 200,000 years ago? I mean, 
That's a wonderful question, but I, I hate to call you out here, Tom, but that's a little bit of a red herring. You haven't actually addressed the significance of the date in of itself. So we will get into that whenever you want later on, but first let's talk about the potential significance of these dates. Well, okay, I just well, did. Okay. So I said, it, you got them wrong. Well, so, so I just did that. You got them wrong. You, you have a new, is, one second, one second. How long does the universe last uh, a call book? Sorry? How long does the universe last before it's destroyed or it's... Uh, the universe or the solar system? The universe. The universe is, according to the Puranas, is going to go for 333 trillion. That, no, that, that's, that's just the matter of it. But the, the universe where it's recreated, where it has the, the uh, 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 Perlea, I believe, at, at the end. Yeah, it's 333 trillion. I can go. I can show the calculation. It's, it's not 4.32 billion. I think I understand what your question is. You have you have issue with the cyclic nature of time that's described in the bronze, because that. Right. Right. Because what, what you're describing isn't the the cycle. The cycle is 4.32 billion years, followed by an equal 4.32 billion years, of uh, where it's uh, at. Uh, it's at rest, where the matter is at rest and uh, un unmanifested. Okay, I'll, sh I'll show you the screen for that. You're talking about the cycle for the solar system, and I'll show you that in a second in our slides. Okay, so so you're claiming that there are cycles of the solar system within the universe, within those yeah. 333 trillion years? Yes, yes. Okay, okay are you, that is not in corroboration with, with modern science at all. What do you mean? A sun dies and- Mo it, it, Modern science, there are people who, who hold to the universe expanding and and- and uh, and retracting uh, big big bounce theory things like that, but none of them talk about uh, um, the the systems inside of the galaxies, the solar system, teeny tiny solar systems, having that same that same process. Nothing, nothing about our uh, astronomical observations indicate that. Okay, I'll ask a couple of questions. Have you heard a lot? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know people talk about this all the time, especially the atheist scientists who talk about how. We are all made of stars. Yes. Um, what is an atheist scientist? Well, I'm saying pe people like to like, you know, say that we're just stars, we just matter, you know, so something that's a famous claim. That's but just, just, just a side comment. Anyways. And, stars um, are matter. We, we are matter. I mean, yeah, we matter. Okay. So then a star, when it dies, it creates heavier metals. Sure. Yes. It also releases a lot of hydrogen clouds. After some time, they come back together and it creates next sun and another solar system. Well, it creates bunches of suns. Exactly it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not one sun that blows up and creates one sun. It's, it's right. bunches of suns. Yeah, that... I'm not saying, it, when, does, when did I claim that it creates the same sun? I never well, you said, said the solar system has a cyclic nature to it, right? Yes, yeah, cyclic, cyclic means, uh, because, okay, we are skipping each other. So Jim made the point. I mean, I guess first you can finish your point. Then I can. Cyclic means it's recreated. It's destroyed and it's recreated in some way. Either it is it is unborn or it's retracted or it's dematerialized or or something. But the fact is, is that it goes back into a state of non-being and it is created again. That's that's what what cyclic means. Which well, there's. So according to the Puranas, cyclic nature is not that. Cyclic nature is that it becomes, it destroys, and then after some time, it, Brahma. It, he sort of like initiates another solar system using the previous material. 
It is not saying that the same solar system is created again. Okay, but okay, but a, a sun is not created by by a, a destroyed star. Another sun it is, isn't created. It is. When a solar system is destroyed, okay, let me show you some references. As a solar system is destroyed, the dead the material which comes out of it, it becomes the material for the next solar system. That's how the solar system No, it doesn't. Is no, it well, doesn't. Actually, I mean, technically, part of it does. So after a supernova, the particles get sprayed over everywhere and those particles well, get absorbed into well, other... Well, sure, yeah. I mean, things are blown in all different directions and right. some things will be caught by the gravitational field of other existing solar systems. But a, a another another sun isn't going to be born from the the matter, um, especially not not like an, an equal represent representation or anything like that. It's right. It's uh, combined with lots and lots of other matter that had nothing to do with the solar system that makes right. the, the star. And that well, exactly. We have no contention with that. Right. So so okay. but you're saying that somehow solar systems are cyclic just because some particles from some sun are are in part of. The new okay, solar system. A right. Issue of semantics here. I might be wrong about that, but it's I get a conflation. Like you're con you're considering cyclic to mean a uh, a re um, creation re of the same exact thing. Yeah. We're talking about cyclic means like you know you're gonna come over here and I'll make you a brownie cake, and then every time you come over here I'll make you something, maybe a brownie cake, maybe a different type of cake. But it's cyclic in the sense that it's always it's always happening whenever you come over here but it's not no, the same it, thing it doesn't even it, have to be the same it, materials it's it, fine no it, it can only be considered cyclic and pardon uh the the uh the the bluntness of it but if you take my feces and make me a brownie cake out of that and i don't want that but it, it don't worry i'm not going to make you one of those even if you beg me on your knees <laughs> I won't, I don't care how much you ask me. I won't make you one of those, but I, I nothing against you or anything. I'll make you a real brownie cake, but I can't promise that. I'm sorry. So yeah. So you're claiming it's cyclic, but the cyclic, the age of the sun, the age of the solar system changes all the time. And it's, it's not, the sun isn't going to go into supernova for a very long time. So your dates for the cyclic solar system seem to be completely wrong. Just the, the sun expanding isn't, isn't a cyclic solar system. And the cyclic cycles that you're describing happen in all different kinds of times. There's no pattern to them. They're just completely random, essentially. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's what the Puranas say. The Puranas say time goes at different pace and different, and in the, the cycles have a different, what you call, measurement for different solar systems. According to the Puranas, the, it depends on the size of the Brahma. A Brahma who has capacity to handle you know, a particular size, he has four heads. Somebody, there are Brahmas which have 100 heads and according to the Puranas, their solar systems are much more bigger. So they're not saying that all these solar systems have the same time. They are okay, saying, so you're saying, saying that each- just, We're just talking about the, sorry. So, so you're saying that each of the trillions and trillions of solar system all have these heads somewhere hidden in them? No, what I'm saying is that you asked me that do they have same time? I said right. they don't have same life cycle of the sun. That's all right. And, and there, there's trillions of solar systems everywhere, and they all have different times, right? Different different cycles. Not right. different. Depends on the on the size of the person who's in charge of it. The but, 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 power of the person, the potency. But, but of the... I don't think you understand that. In order for it to be a solar system, it has to have the the solar part. You have to have a a sun, a a central star. I mean. You can't get that from the matter of a destroyed solar system, no matter how hard you try. 
I, I think you can ask Tom Jump. He can help you understand. Sorry. He's, he's being extremely vague and he just means that some particles from some sun get formed into some other sun that's a cycle so it's extremely vague meaning of what cyclic means but so so you're so saying that there's a one solar system it's actually parts of many but it doesn't create another one it just is just matter that contributes to the creation of another one that yeah, that's, has that's not been demonstrated to be done at the hands of of some intentional uh um, thinking being yeah all he's saying is that some particles get put into some other particles of some other solar system and he's going to call that a cycle so that's well, i mean regardless of, of what it is it, it's just a a misunderstanding of 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 cosmology and I, i'm not a cosmologist my, my, myself you know, so i don't pretend to understand all of it but i i know that that's a a, a wrong way of of looking at it but well, but astronomy and cosmology me, side jim jim not, he's saying the same thing you are he agrees with you completely for, uh, jim jim for, sorry for, sorry for, jim Sure. belief in Krishna being rational. Jim, Jim, he's he's agreeing with everything you're saying. He's just calling that a cycle. So, so yeah, he understands yeah. what you're saying. He's just calling oh, okay. that a cycle. Yeah, it's, so, I, I, I said, I think it's a little bit of an issue of semantics. I mean, it sounds to me like what you guys are talking about is recycling. Maybe we can just throw out that word. We're talking about something that is repeating. It's a repeated event. I mean, you can, you can, we can use whatever language we want to describe it, but it's a repeated event that solar sure. systems are created and destroyed. Right. Okay. So I wanted to go on to the next point. So that's not cosmological language. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's not a cosmologist either. So he doesn't need to, it's fine. Um, so you're saying that each of these solar systems is governed by some person, some mind of some kind, and that mind determines how old the universe is going to be or the solar system. Well, what I'm saying, you know, I mean, what I'm saying is that two things, the Puranas, which are ancient texts written in Sanskrit, at least 2,500 years old, have these data points which were written in Sanskrit long ago and which have these dates for the sun and the universe. Now, if somebody is able to, you know, set a number and give it to us, you know, beforehand, that he said, I'm going to reach at this place at this time beforehand, and he knows, you know, so it seems that, that those personalities are like cosmic choreographers. So they are setting up the laws in such a manner, such system in such a manner that what they are saying is coming to true in 2018. They are given dates for age of the sun, beginning of the age of the beginning, origin of the universe, and they have come to be stunningly in agreement in modern science. This is called novel testable predictions given in the Puranas. Okay, keep, okay, but that, you didn't answer my question. You didn't answer my question. So you said that there are people there are minds controlling each of the solar systems and that governs how old they're going to be is that correct well i'm saying as i said they are setting up the physical laws and the systems in such a way that they that they set the lifetime of those solar systems by their so so, so you're saying every single solar system is governed by a mind yeah of some kind yeah through through physical laws okay do you have any evidence for any minds prior to humans well, let's 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 again try not to do the red herring thing, and let's talk about the. It's not a red herring. This is my argument. So my argument is is that you you got some guesses right. That's nice. How many well, did you well, get right? Well, you have to. If you're saying that they're guesses, you have to demonstrate that logically. That's what I'm because, doing. Because because if you look at the actual dates, they're pretty much the most significant dates you can think of in cosmological history: the origin of the universe, the origin of the solar system, and these mass extinctions. I don't know if you can think of anything that will be more significant, but the fact that the Puranas got those right might be worth considering significant. And then because of that, to give a little bit more credence to the Puranas, 
than what the imperious the the British imperialists have given of turning it just into pure mythology. Okay, I'm sorry. I, yes, that's what I'm doing. So what I'm doing is I'm saying, okay, let's say you got those dates right. That's great. Let's see if he gets the other things right. Did it get right? The age of humans. Does it say there are humans prior to two hundred thousand years ago? Yes or no? No. What? Because I've I've we they literally went over divine, this. They talk about divine beings on Bumandala. So, so there, there are minds. There, there are there are human, there are subjects. There are kings. There are castles. There are all these things prior to two hundred thousand years ago. Well, so, not, not one thing. Not on Earth. Okay, so there there are there are minds and humans and things outside of past two hundred thousand years ago, right? Not on Earth. Not on Earth. But yes. That's, so, so yes, yes, there are, which has zero Earth. evidence anywhere. You won't find archaeological evidence for it. Okay. So it got things wrong. So it says there are mines prior to two hundred thousand years ago. It got it wrong. I think they froze. Think. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I cut out there. Yeah. Yeah, can you go in, jump? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So so it says there are all these kingdoms and things, and there are these people, and there are subjects and servants, and all of these things are occurring prior to 200,000 years ago when there were no humans or anything. Well, because as I stated in the beginning, the, the premise here is that the Puranas, as we can demonstrate through what the Puranas say themselves, are meant to give knowledge of what is beyond human perception. So, Except for the cases that you want. Well, no, but even those cases are not directly, as, as we found by you know, having to see Sridhar Swami's factor of two, uh, we found that it's actually not, it's not a direct statement that you look in the Puranas and it says, Hey, the universe is 13.819 billion years old. No, it's the books are not textbooks. If you want a textbook on science, you should go to school. If you want to know something deeper about yourself and about reality and about God and about you know higher realms, then you should go to the Puranas. And just coincidentally or incidentally, the Puranas also happen to have specific dates that coordinate with uh, significant, the most significant dates in cosmological history. So you're contradicting yourself. You, yeah, you just said, what is it? Well, I mean, you're saying that science is wrong because you admit yourself that there's a discrepancy on on these dates. So I mean, even if that were the consensus, like I said in my opening statement, there, you're saying that science is wrong. So there, right? I wanted to be corrected. What did I say? I said science is wrong. I didn't mean to say that. If I said that, no, no, no. That that is what you're saying. If there's a point, even a point one percent discrepancy in what you claim is the consensus, then you're saying that science is wrong. Well, science has always been aiming for more and more accuracy and to- But they're not accurate. Well, they haven't been. And, and why would they all of a sudden be accurate, 100% accurate now? They don't well, claim that. The Scientists don't claim that they're 100% accurate. It's not because of the Vedic literature. I can tell you that. They're estimates. That science give estimations on these things. So, so you're saying but the, the but, Vedic literature but, is but more accurate the literature isn't an estimate. Correct. So, so science is wrong. That no, I'm saying science is not wrong in, in their estimation. Okay, it's not zero or one case. It's not black or white. Yeah, it's okay, but by an estimation, gray. they're wrong. There are shades of gray. There's not there's not like a black knowledge for ignorance, and there is the correct truth. The science is trying to approach absolute truth with every in iteration. So it's not wrong. It is close to truth. That's wait, wait, so so uh, Jim's question is, is 
is the, the is your Puranas more accurate than today's science? Are the Puranas more accurate than science? Yes. That's our claim. And the reason that's our claim. Okay. And, and 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 that's a novel testable prediction for future for Tom John. Sure, it absolutely is. Okay. So why aren't scientists using this literature if I mean, well, you don't think that there's any scientist that has has noticed this and thought, hey, maybe I should maybe I should use this. Well, why why is there nobody but Puranic and Hindu scholars talking about this? Very good point. In 1900s, early 1900s, Alfred Wegener proposed the idea of continental drift. At first, he was ridiculed. He was thrown out of the conferences. It took us, it took him 40 years to be him to be accepted by the consensus of the you know that field so you know i have made a wrote in the paper paper was scholarly accepted just recently i'm going to write more papers and with your blessings with your support we'll push it more harder and we're thankful to james for giving us a floor so more people can know about it i mean i mean scholarly papers that are put before peer review that are uh, that that can be that are testable and can be provable that they don't have difficulty because they can be repeated. I mean, these, these usually pass the, the, the peer review process very quickly. That's fine. So they're publishing papers and if they get them, if you guys get them published and you convince the consensus, that's, that is great evidence. I'm happy to admit that as evidence, but as far as I can tell you haven't, and since this has been known about okay. for quite some time, you haven't done it yet. So it doesn't count as evidence okay. yet. Okay, so basically, if you were around at the time of Wagner and nobody else had accepted him except for him, even if he gave you sufficient evidence to show you that there was continental drift, you would not accept it until there was consensus among scientists. So as far as I understand, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the fallacy of appeal to popularity. Unless something oh. actually is accepted by everybody, then I won't accept it. No, so that's just a basic misunderstanding of basic philosophy. So in Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, section of fallacies, number 10 is the ad populum fallacy. And it specifically says trusting the consensus of or the, the popularity of just random people and not mm. a, an actual authority. So trusting the consensus in science is actually one of the examples it gives, which is not an ad populum and mm. not an appeal to authority fallacy because it's an actual authority. So if Wigner gave me evidence of quantum drift or whatever, I would say, I have no idea what this is. I'm not a quantum physicist. Tell them. And if you can convince those guys, the expert consensus, then I'll be like, yep, I grant your evidence. Sure. But I'm going to let the experts evaluate it because that's Absolutely. the correct way to assess evidence. Well, thank yeah, you for correcting my, my mistake there. But uh, in that case, Wagner, we'll just take that case a little farther. You would um, give credence to his idea based off of the evidence that he gives but reserve completely uh, taking in total what he's saying until he gets further peer review. That seems reasonable, but to take an automatically negative approach that, well, until you know, I see every scientist gives a consensus on this, then I'm not gonna accept it. Uh, I think that's fallacious to be perfectly honest because there's many, many things that are not accepted by all scientists, but which are, which are, which are challenged by scientists, but which are still used in the scientific world. And uh, what? So, so as far as I know, these are consensuses that are relatively new as far as scientific discoveries go. And the, the, the Puranic and, and, uh, and, and Vedic literature are, are so old. You would think that these, these dates would have been established earlier. And we would have no problem with, with, uh, with, uh, the history of cosmology as we know it, um, especially in Hindu culture. I mean, yeah. 
Well, in that point, if you have watched Carl Sagan's show, he talked about it in his show in 1980s. Cosmos? He, he, he's not him, not, and also not other cosmologists took to studying it thoroughly. I'm on the first- I'm from the 1980s. I'm much younger than the universe. I'm much younger than the history of humanity. Yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> that, I mean his, show was popular, his show was very popular. People I've watched off later too, you know, the very popular show. And he talked about how the, the Vedas seem to have very close date. But again, since he's not a Sanskrit scholar, he couldn't look into it. Thanks to data science and thanks to my knowledge of Sanskrit, I can combine the two things together. And this is new research. It's cutting edge research coming well, straight. Well, I, I, I agree with those dates, the Carl Sagan dates. I agree with the dates that I look up in the academic journals, but you seem to not agree with those. Your, your dates are different than Carl Sagan's dates. Yes, my dates are different. And I introduced two things as I shared in the, in the slides. I add a factor of two and I add a new time unit called Pratisamdi. For both of them, I give references. Pratisamdi is in Vayu Purana and Brahmanda Purana, and factor of two comes from Sridhar Swami. There's not a lot which I'm adding, by the way. And these two factors added up show the age of the universe to be within 0.1% of modern scientific date. They show date for the origin of the sun to be within 0.08%. They show date for the greatest mass extinction to be within 0.3%. And they talk about the evolution of the sun into a giant sun, like a red giant. They talk about a date for the sun's final destruction. It is all discussed in my book. And they talk about so many more dates and then I have, I have you know, about a dozen data points in my book, which I suggest people can read. The link is below in the YouTube description. description. But, but, but look, you just, you just tried to explain to everybody in your opening statement how you came to this conclusion. And you yourself said several times that you know this is a difficult concept to comprehend. And apparently this is a recent concept as far as the history of the literature goes. So, I mean, I, I just don't understand how this is supposed to be some sort of, of hidden knowledge that that you claim is is so easy to find. You come to these dates, but I I, I can speak for all the, the hundreds of people who have, who have seen this already uh, that we have no idea what you were talking about or how you came to that number. No idea. I I can go over again, and, and that's my job as a scholar. That's my job to you know, educate people in new concepts. And, you know, if you're interested in knowledge, that's what you come here to this channel. Modern yeah. day, day debate is all about knowledge. And we are- But, but, I'm here to but it's knowledge. supposed to be revealed knowledge. Why is it so difficult? Why do we have to go over it a second time? And probably a third, because I have a strong feeling I won't understand it the second time either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that's again, going back to the premise is that's because that's not, the piranhas are not textbooks of cosmology. The piranhas are meant to give us an understanding of that which we cannot perceive with our senses, which is our self, our soul, our relationship with God, you know, higher realities. That's what the purpose of the Puranas is. So, of course, it's going to be, you know, it, it's not going to be, um, you know, a thing that's just uh, very, like, straightforward explained in there. It comes as a incidental consequence of, look, of taking a look at the timelines gotcha. in the lifetimes and, you know, okay, the universe was created, that story is there. And then if you connect that to the other lifetimes and then you look at it, then you can see how the calculation comes out. And just to say one thing about you actually looking at the calculations themselves and it being such hard work, really it's, it's not rocket science. I mean, I'm not the brightest crayon in the box and it's not that hard for me to figure it out. So I think honestly, if anybody spends, especially somebody like you guys who are obviously, you know, 
working on intellectual platform can within probably 20 minutes or less, you know, figure out these calculations and show and see how what we're doing is completely consistent with pranic chronology and that we're not adding anything in that isn't there already. Okay, so, so the, the, the stuff that, that, that it's meant to express, like the theological aspect of it, is any of that testable? I mean, can, I mean, any of that at all? Yeah, so well, what that's, how that's testable um, <clears throat> is through, is it's not through the scientific method. So if you want to test, if you want to put God under a microscope or you want to, you know, achieve some spiritual understanding through modern scientific instruments or, you know, test tubes, it's not going to happen. It happens through development of the spiritual senses. It happens through purification of the mind. And processes are given in the Puranas by which one can achieve that purification of mind and that evolvement of, if that's a word, of the senses and to achieve a higher understanding of these higher topics. So yes, it is testable. It is provable to oneself, but not in the sense of how modern science does things. The, the idea is, is that there is things that can be experienced that can be true, that cannot necessarily be shown uh, or they cannot be understood simply through empirical analysis. I'll just give you a really basic example, like a pizza, for example. Let's say I make you a pizza from normal ingredients, if that's okay. And uh, I give you the pizza and you can, you can try to experience the pizza. You can smell the pizza, you can touch the pizza, you can try to listen to the pizza, but really the pizza to actually understand what I've created for you on the level that I want you to understand it, what it was made for is for you to taste it. So when you eat that pizza, then you understand by experience what the pizza is all about, at least what its intention was for. And in the same way, God, the soul, is something that is learned through experience. Again, not something that you put under a microscope or in a test tube. And, and have you yourself achieved this higher state? Yeah. I would say that anybody who's done follow the practices given in the Puranas to some extent or another, see, it's, it's just like uh, any discipline. There's different degrees of realization that are given to different degrees of intensity of practitioners. I can't and, say and what, is that, what is that done for you? Like personally, what has it done for me personally? Yeah. Like uh, achieving that higher state. Well, what have you been, been able to accomplish with that, with that higher state? Um, that's a really great question. Um, well, I would, I would love to answer that question. I think we should talk about it. I feel honored that you'd want to ask me that question. And I, I think it's a great opportunity to speak about that, but I still want to make sure that we've covered the initial, you know, claim, the, uh, warrant and the impact that we're trying to establish here. And after we get through with that, then let's talk a little bit about what that experience is like and what that means for somebody who actually is willing to take it seriously and apply it themselves. So, well, so I, mean, I just want to jump in. I don't think quick. anybody can really uh -huh. truly understand like if you, if you say, if it is, you know, as you say it is until they actually experience it for themselves. But I, I, just to get a little bit of understanding, like kind of want to see what the end result of achieving that higher state would be. Well, let me just repeat again, if you don't mind the, 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 the case here, the case is, sure. is that science leads to Krishna science leads to Krishna is supported by the evidence that we've shown in the Puranas of them lining up with scientific scientific dating. That 
efficient and wonderful, compelled to, if they desire to understand things like God or they wish to uh, invoke peace and harmony in the world, they should be willing to uh, apply themselves to the processes given in the Puranas so that they can, you know, test and see if those things actually give the results which are claimed in the Puranas themselves. So that's, that's the case. I'm not making uh, any, any other case than that. And, you know, take it or leave it. So, so yeah, I wanted to jump in real quick. So I think that, yes, the dates in the Puranas are the most accurate of any religious text I've ever seen. So I grant that for certain. Um, I don't think that your numbers are accurate. I think those are very strange that you've, you've manipulated the data and then you've ambiguated the texts in the Puranas to make them fit events in history, which they may or may not. They're just, they're ambiguity fallacies. You could make them fit tons and tons of different dates and different events. And so you've picked the most significant ones and, uh, assigned those to the dates which is pretty easy that's most religions do that so i don't see uh from the text that i have read in the piranhas they don't seem to explicitly state the sun of the earth has this exact date it seems to be a generalization about lots of different things that could apply to anything the the sun the solar system the galaxy the universe anything that could hit the earth could do these um so it, there's lots of things they could apply to your specific dates which i don't see agreeing with the general understanding of uh, the, the Piranha's dates, which is again, yours is different from a factor of two. So, so I think those dates are really nice. I think your dates are strange. So, but again, it seems like you're cherry picking. You've cherry picked a few dozen dates that, that are really nice. And even if they're every single date and none of the dates are wrong, they still got everything else wrong. So, so saying that you, you mentioned this a few times that the Piranha's are not meant to be taken as literal descriptions of history except for these 12 examples that you have cherry-picked because these are the ones that you think count for a god. Now, if there were, if all of the Puranas were a historical account, that would be great evidence. You had hundreds and hundreds of examples of historical facts that all lined up with history. That would be great evidence. Cherry-picking a dozen or so while everything else fails and saying, well, everything else is just really, it's not that, it's not really supposed to be taken literally, is just seems to be cherry-picking just like what, what religious people do in Christianity or Islam, where they say, these, these dates are really nice, these fit really well, but these things are supposed to be taken like not so literally, they're, they're not real. Global flood, nah, that was, that was more figurative. It's, it's like a logo flood kind of a thing. So as far as I can tell, I don't see how this is great evidence. Like, now I'll grant, Great dates in Hinduism better than any other religion. So you, you're one up on Christianity and Islam, grant you that, but you're still like a million steps behind science in pretty much every field. Uh, multiple things. You first claim that my, I'm using an ambiguous method for coming up with these dates. And if you want to argue that, you'll have to write a counter paper in a scholarly peer-reviewed journal where you show where I'm using ambiguity because I quote Sanskrit verses and I make up a case based on other people's previous research on this topic. Two, these dates are not amazing compared to other religious texts. These dates are amazing compared to any other modern textbook on cosmology, astrology, or paleontology. In paleontology, the topic of mass extinction was only discovered in the 1980s, thanks to two physicists. The date for age of the sun is something 4.567 is something which is only in 2018 we have come to know. And the age of the universe is 13.819. I guess if you call cosmology as a religion, then we can say that yes, amongst all the religions of cosmology, astrophysics, and paleontology, the Puranas are the best texts on religious, on a best religious text on these values. I guess we can say that. I guess if you call science a religion. Wait, 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 wait. just to clarify uh, what I meant. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me 
I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you. I won't count all the points. Like then you can come and speak. Well, well uh, you misrepresented my point there. So my point was that if we look at a history textbook, there's thousands of facts that are correct. If we look at the Puranas, there's 12 facts that are correct. So that's the difference. I, I'm coming to that. I'm coming to that. One point at a time. I'm just, I'm taking a, a statement at a time. I'll give you time. You can answer me, you know, or take out time. Next, you mentioned that, uh, that uh, uh, if Puranas were literal history, that'd be great. The Puranas, as I said earlier, we said in the beginning, the premise that Puranas are describing a history of the subtle world or the, the history of the world which is higher dimensional, which we don't have an access to. So it is wrong to say those dates or those whatever descriptions are given there, they are wrong compared to modern science. Again, I go back to my first one, which you mentioned right in the beginning, that if Puranas make brilliant claims and of them about 12 are correct, then we have to ignore these 12 data points. No, if the probability of few events is 10 raised to the power minus 170, and you have a billion such events that reduces the probability to one out of 10 raised to the power 160. That is a basic course on probability. Okay, well, why, why is it that zero scholarly papers in any of those fields cite the Puranas? Which, which scholarly fields? Any. Cosmology, I think, is what he's talking about. Cosmology, paleontology, are uh, any of them. That's very good, and uh, that's a good observation because usually cosmologists, astrophysicists, and you know paleontologists are not trained in Sanskrit to 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 read the Puranas. They have to read the Sanskrit. I'm sure in the future, translated. In future, they they will they will you read Sanskrit. Yes. I okay. Sanskrit for ten years. Says, do you have to read Sanskrit in order to be able to understand it? Of course. You, you can't understand it by reading it in English? No, English translation you read, but English translations are usually what you call, uh, you know, summarized versions. They, they, they mm -hmm. are interested in giving words by words, word by word, because I like to read each word, understand, like the translation of each word by word. Like that's something done by Prabhupada. If you, for Bhagavad Purana, I consulted the, the, the uh, translation given by A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada because he gives word by word right. translation for one second, translation for each Sanskrit word. So I recommend if you want to read a Purana, I would recommend reading Bhagavad Purana by Srila Prabhupada because he does that job. I would take his translation. But, other but you translate it in order for us to understand it. Sorry? But you translate it, right? Like for, for me to be able to understand it. I, I think that I can't translate it for, for others to be able to understand. Yeah, I would translate for other people. That's what I did in my paper. I, I begin Sanskrit verses and translations for my in my paper and book. That's how you do scholarly paper. In scholarly paper, you give only Sanskrit. You don't take other okay. people's translations. Okay. Okay. So are you saying that you can't understand it unless you read certain translations, right? No, no. What I'm saying is that most translate first of all, for most of the Puranas, there is no most. translation available. There's no translation available. There's translation available for Vishnu Purana and for uh, Bhagavad Purana and for Vishnu Purana and other Puranas, there is no word by word translation available. That's the only translation I like to use, word by word translation, so that we can see if each word has been correctly translated, has been correctly represented. So what do you mean there's of, what do you mean there's no word by word translation? How did they translate it if not word by word? No, yeah, I mean there's a demonstrating well, the 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 definition of each word. That's what he means. Or translated word. Yeah, right. and on, you yeah. actually show the definition of each word, the synonym English word and then the Sanskrit word, not just the whole verse. It gives right. every piece of information you need to analyze the text yourself. That's the point. 
So you can so you can honestly check if the person who is doing the job is not putting words in the mouth of the Sanskrit text. So That's if I sent so if I sent this the Sanskrit text to any of these different Sanskrit translators I just found, are they yeah. going to come up with the same answer you did? Definitely, give it to them. That's that's what that's what that's what that's what peer review is. Peer review means yeah. that they they have other scholars. They look at it and they study that whether I am honestly translating the text, whether I am honestly presenting the evidence, and well, whether they, they pass it or they say, "Oh, go back and do some revisions." What what board did, did you submit to for your peer review process? I submitted the you know the whole the paper has the the, the Sanskrit verses, the translations, the analysis, and the dates from the modern science. And okay, well, but who reviewed it? Where, where did you submit your paper? European Journal of Science and Theology. Well, what? I'm sorry, one, one more time. European Journal of Science and Theology. In my link below okay. the, the YouTube, I have a link to the paper. Also, you can read the paper itself if you want to read. Is, is that an academic journal? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's a genuine journal. I, I didn't, I, I just still didn't hear it. I'm, uh, what was it? European Journal of uh, something science. Like the, science and Theology. Okay. Um, you so, guys were really fun, by the way. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, um, thanks for coming on. Food. Appreciate it. Thank you. I like, I like your suits. <laughs> well, I'm learning from James. He mentioned in one of the last debates that it looks nice to have a blazer on. I said, well, <sighs> <laughs> listening to James, your style. Hey, you already yeah, complimented them, Tom. You like can't you. take it back. <laughs> James, he doesn't realize it. Um, you look pretty cool, man. I think Tom doesn't know that you guys can hear me. Yes, I, I normally come on with no pants. I, the, the pantless is the best. Okay. Okay, I'll write that down in my notes right here. For sure. I taught you Tom that. The debate. But yes. So yeah, I've, I think I've gone through all of the points that I thought were interesting. I, I think I represented my conclusion pretty well at the end. So I'm good to go to the Q&A if you guys are. If you guys want to have any more, uh, uh, bring up a conclusion or whatever, that'd be fine. Uh, I, just, I just had one question back to, to the, the universe. Uh, is the, do you believe that the universe was created or do you believe that it's eternal? The universe is not eternal. But the the cyclic the cyclic nature I guess we don't like that word the repetition of the event of the creation of the universe is an eternally repeated event. So the, so if you're asking question, was there a universe before our universe? Yes, there was a universe before our universe, according to the Puranas. Right, and and eternally before that and after that. Yeah, correct. So but so it wasn't created. The universe no. was created. No, it was created as, like, suppose you put up ingredients of pizza in, in, in the in the oven. Now, was it made by the oven? No, there is somebody is putting the ingredients, somebody is arranging that. He's wondering no, what, is, what the universe exists in. Right, well, I, th right. I think, but, but I think he's asking which was first. Well, I think he was asking which the, is first, the Brahma or the, the universe? At some point. I didn't get that. One, let, 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 let Jim clarify. Okay, go ahead, Jim. I was saying that the, these ingredients were created at some point. You can make as many pizzas as you want with the ingredients, but at some point, somebody you're saying that somebody made the ingredients, yet at the same time, you're saying that it's eternal. You, I mean, that... Can I give it a shot? Well, yeah. for, for any, so, any event, there can be two causes. There can be material cause, and there can be an, an efficient cause. Like, suppose you have a clay pot. Now, for a clay pot, the material cause is the dirt, clay itself. 
and the efficient cause is the person who's potter, who's making the pot. Now, if you're asking for the universe, is there, you know, you know, is there an efficient cause? Yes, and that is, you know, Prakriti or Brahma's, you know, at least not Brahma, but it's Prakriti, which is another agent, another cosmic, cosmic, cosmic choreographer. And is there a material cause? There must be some material cause. That's for the scientists study. So, so I think, let me give it a shot. So I think he's asking, did Brahma create the universe system out of nothing or what did, was there like the universe system and Brahma or did the universe system exist before Brahma? Which was first? Was it, was it the God who created the universes or was there the universes that created the God? Well, uh, as you mentioned earlier that, uh, actually we don't discuss this topic at all. Uh, according to the Puranic paradigm, God is... Uh, is in a in a place in a, in, a, in a situation where there is timelessness. So the universe has always been there, but it's eternal. And God somehow or other gets his agent to get these events to happen at a repeated time. And how do we find out? By you know, we don't trust the Puranas. The Puranas give date for the age of the universe, date for the original origin of the sun, and date for the significant events. And when you see those dates which are given in the Puranas, when they line up exactly. Yeah. With the agents which are assigned by Krishna to organize the events, and when those doors dates exactly match, then you know any person, layman, can maybe have some faith in the Puranas. They are talking about something which is real. So, so the first time that that the universe was created, was there there were universes that had already happened? Well, I mean, maybe we could get back on on the course about the point that we're actually trying to make here. And we can talk about these things too, as they're, they're great questions. But again, it's a little bit of a red herring because the point we're trying to make here is that- oh, This is just a question that I was just adding in on the this end. the last like, question that we can cover and we got to go into the Q&A. Yeah, that, that could be a topic on the debate. Well, so that, yeah, how do you feel about the impact, the, 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 the case that we're making? Again, I'll repeat the case. The case is, is that because of the precision of the dates that's been found and the profound convergence of science and the Puranas on these dates, that it is reasonable. In fact, it should be done by anybody who wants to know if there actually is a God or if they are actually a non-material self, that mm -hmm. they should check out the rigorous, and, or not rigorous, but the systematic process that's given in the Puranas for one to realize mm -hmm. that truth themselves. Is, well, do you consider that, that the, the consistency? We, uh, I do want to give, forgive me, Jim, for jumping in, but I, I do at some point, we do have to give somebody the last word. I, if we ask them a question, okay. uh, at some point, we've got to give uh, the last word in either direction. But given that you asked him a question, I, I want to interject and start jumping into the Q&A because we do have a lot. So with that, want to say thanks so much, everybody, for your questions. We're jumping right into it. And thanks, guys, for your speeches and discussion. It's been fascinating to listen to. A lot of positive feedback in the chat. First question coming in from, you guessed it, Barry Barry has a poop sticker. Thank you very much, Barry Barry. Next, Barry Barry says, according to my ancient book, we are in the sixth, sixth shleem on the eighth shmorp of the seventh flea mizzle. This is scientific proof that my book is true. Gotcha. I don't know if you guys actually care to respond to that. But, okay, next up, Andy M. Thank you. Andy M says, but you had to do a bunch of crazy math to... Make your numbers match with those that agree with science, including time flowing at different rates. How do you reconcile that? Well, 
One, this is an accepted fact that if we were to go in different regions where the gravitational forces are, you know, somewhat different from what we have on Earth, then the time may go at different paces. This is an understandable fact from modern science, since 1900, since Einstein. In our phones currently, we have to have an adjustment for time moving at different speed basis because we get information from satellites and satellites are, are way above Earth. So the gravitational pull is very different. So, and also we also know from, from, from Einstein's special theory of relativity and general theory of relativity that when something is going at a speed closer to light, time again changes. So this is something which is an amazing discovery done by Einstein, the space and time are you know, malleable. Prior to him, they were thought to have been like, a, like you know, static quantities. But Einstein proposes and modern science accepts this that time and space are malleable. So this is not something, uh, this is not a concept which is against the Puranic concept of time moving at different paces is not a, a heretic concept. Got you. Thanks so much. Next question in from Andy M. Oh, got that one. Barry Barry has another question. It says, if I find an ancient book that correctly predicts the age of the universe down to the second and also claims that T-Jump is God, would you worship him? If you can find a book which has Sanskrit, I'll take it. Why does it need to be Sanskrit? Can't it be in any old, any old language? No. Oh, sure, pick any of the, any of the old, uh, you know, crazy languages. Sure, why not? Next, thank you very much. You know, really, I, I mean, that question, I mean, it's a little bit of a, I mean, a, a fallacious question, obviously. It's like a black and white kind of fallacy there. That, uh, but anyway, the, if, if you found such a book, would you worship Tom Jump? If it said to worship Tom Jump? No, and that's not what we're recommending necessarily with the piranhas either. We're just recommending that the knowledge in there should be reconsidered reconsidered to such an extent that it would be worth trying the procedures given there for your desired goal. What goal would I get by worshiping Tom Jump? Would that really be something that I would want to, if I, what would be my attainment in that? So uh, I think that that's like super off track there. But anyway, nice try. Gotcha. Next, jumping into, we've got a couple more questions. Michael Dresden with another troll chat skipping. Louis Romero, thanks for your question. Siddharth, the European Journal of Science and Theology is oriented to the discussion of religious ideas instead of proper scientific research. Is your paper also available in a purely scientific research review or scientific peer review research journal? Well, since my contribution is in the field of science and religion, uh, a pure scientific journal won't be the right venue for such a publication. So I wish that the scientific journals had editors and researchers on board which can review <laughs> Sanskrit text. Hi, you got it. Hi, Gwen. I promise I will come upstairs and play with you guys soon. Uh, next, Barry Barry, thanks for your question. Says the universe, it's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Thank you, Barry Barry. <laughs> and switching into the uh, standard question, Steven Sorensen asks, can you ask them how a correlation between Puranas and modern science means Krishna is real. I don't think we claimed that, did we? Okay. Okay. Well, Puranas and modern science. Okay, go ahead. 
Uh, he's he's asking uh, how does because you want to say the claim that they're making is that they want we they want us to take the piranhas more seriously. There's evidence that the piranhas got some facts right. Therefore, we should take the piranhas more seriously. They're they're not saying that we should therefore believe Krishna is a god. That's not the conclusion they're making. They're, they're the conclusion they're making is that we should take the piranhas more seriously. That's the claim, well, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, in this debate, that's our particular claim that we're working with right now. But we're also we also can go in that direction if you want to. We can talk about. Uh, you know, the logical path that it would require to, uh, you know, valid, validate the existence of Krishna, if we want to do that. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for your question. This one coming in from Just a Walking Fish says, for the pro-Krishna crew, I unfortunately don't know much about your worldview as a scientific field. How does evolution fit within it? Uh... We discuss this uh, in, in my book, chapter 7 and chapter 8, and then I explain that the Puranas are actually giving dates for significant events in the evolutionary history of the Earth also. There is an event which coincides with Cambrian explosion. There is an event which coincides with Permian mass extinction. There is an event which coincides with Troasian extinction. So the Puranas are not antithetical to the idea of evolution on Earth. You got it. Thanks so much. And before we move into our other questions, want to say thanks so much. Uh, I can't say your, because Kickstarter asked me not to say your real names, but your name starts with an F as in Frank. Thanks so much for joining our Kickstarter pledge. We are stoked, you guys. I want to show you really quick. This is just a What's quick intermission. <laughs> it's uh, It starts with an F, but it's not actually Frank. And it's F <laughs> as in, oh no, let me get to the right. Ah, well, we'll pull it up in a second. We are thrilled, though, that we're at about 70%, folks. So really do appreciate all of your help. And with that, jumping into the next question, Pepper Talks says, for the yes side, if they can't be perceived, then how can you confirm they're real? That's because that's, that's how you between modern science, that there's a theory, and the theory that model, the model of any like you know, higher dimensional physics or like string theory and theory, there are pieces of that which are testable and falsifiable. So there are, you know, these dates which are given in the Puranas, which seem to, you know, stunningly match with the modern science. That's how you can test it. You can t test the, the parts of it which are falsifiable and other parts, you know, are unfalsifiable. However, we, I also, you know, make a claim that if you were to study the Puranas and follow the process, then the Puranas themselves, the Puranic stages themselves claim that you can actually test the further claims also. The Puranas don't ask you to have a blind belief in Krishna. They ask you to try the process, and by trying the process, they want you to yourself, you know, have an experience of Krishna. So it's not a blind believing in Krishna, but it's a, you know, having like a scientific mind, the, the idea of doing the experiment. So the Puranas invite you to do the experiment on your consciousness through sound which means through chanting of the mantras and particularly reading of the Puranas. Gotcha. Thanks so much. And we just, I think Jim's going to, yep, Jim just came back. So Jim is back just in case anybody's confused. I'll work on rearranging the camera. And Fran Wilson, thanks for your question, said, for the yes side, what citations can you give that are not from her hereticscience.com? Citations for, for the paper? Um, in my paper, I, I talk about, you know, for the Puranic units, I, I cite 
scholars, beginning with H.H. Wilson, who was one of the, one of the first scientists, first, you know, British or Western scholar of the Puranas, right up to 1980s and 2000, you know, we have about maybe 10 scholars who have studied the Puranas and they have same numbers for this Puranic time units. This introduction of factor of two and Pratisamdi, that's my noble contribution. Otherwise, practically everything else has been supported by tons of scientists. Rocher, H.H. Wilson, uh, and there is, I mean, there are many more. I, I, it's in the paper, you can read. In the gotcha. quality paper, they're there. You got it, and thank you, Rit, um, <clears throat> Randolph Richardson. Thanks so much for your huge support and flexibility. He says, does ham and pineapple pizza disrupt the order of the universe? Are you guys into pineapple on pizza? No. <laughs> Absolutely. No. Really? Is that Noah or is that Jim? No, Jim says yes. Tom says no. Noah and Siddharth, what about you guys? Why not, you know? Why not, yeah. Wow. Open-minded fellows. I appreciate that. <laughs> But that is all we have for our questions. We're going to be back with a post-credit scene in just a moment, you guys. We are very excited about that, as you're seeing on the screen. That is, as I had mentioned, for this Kickstarter, we're determined. We're crazy, folks. I don't care if me, Steven Steen, and T-Jump have to go out and do a car wash in January. We're going to hit our goal. Believe me. You'll see there, that's a picture from our last car wash over the weekend. Very intense. You'll see there... I mean, Steven, he always insists on wearing the Speedo every time. Nasty guy. And then you'll see Tom in his uh, pirate costume. But anyway, we are excited there. <laughs> Tom, I don't know if you saw that picture yet. But we are excited and want to say thanks so much, folks. We will be back in just a moment with that post credit scene. But want to say our guests are linked in the description. So Siddharth, Noah, T-Jump, and Jim Majors are all linked in the description. So if you'd like to hear more, you can hear more at those links. And just want to give a huge thank you to our guests. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, James. And thank you, John. And thank you, Jim. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.